LinkedIn today. You are live. And sticking with the motto, it doesn't matter, get better. We're back for another day. Technical difficulties or not, we got the show done yesterday. We had 40 plus people move over to YouTube with us and get out of the LinkedIn stratosphere. So hopefully we are back on LinkedIn today. But either way, it doesn't matter because we do what we do. Good morning and welcome to the Noodleberg Daily Huddle. I mean, I will tell you the reach of the show. There they are. They're rolling in on LinkedIn. Um, the reach of the show is amazing. I went downstairs to get my mail last night, and there's a guy um, that walked through the lobby, and he goes, I I'm opening my office. I'm moving from Chicago. I'm opening my office across the street. He goes, I would love to have dinner with you and your boys. You, you guys are special. There's energy. There's something there. And uh, I think you had met him when you lived here, sort of the bigger okay. Yeah. And, um, so he was like all over it. And I was like, you know what? We really have no idea how many people watch this that don't jump in and say hello. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, even last night. So shout out to our city furniture partners, uh, Andrew Koenig, Andy Hill, his wife, Lena, um, Andrew's wife, Deanna. It was awesome time being hosted in, in their box last night for the Panther game. But I got the opportunity to meet a bunch of Andrew's friends that work in and around city and similar like Kevin splits is one of the guys who works in betting at city known Andrew a long time. And it's like, you know, I pop in and out of your show a couple times a week. It's great. What you guys do. I'd never met Kevin before, you know, and he was, it was so, so awesome because he was like, you know, came up to Gabby and was like, you know, congrats on the wedding and the house and all the things that you guys have going on. So you just don't know the way you educate the world around you. Good morning to Alex Gould in the house this morning. Thank you for joining us. Very it's great nice. to see you as well. Very nice. um, so just as a reminder and as a shout out, YouTube always consistently, we're on YouTube. So for some reason, LinkedIn decides to do what it did yesterday. Subscribe to the channel. Hop over, subscribe to the channel. That's where all the stuff is archived anyway. So you can go watch, you know, older shows. But uh, it, it, you know, me doing the show, knowing that, half the crowd couldn't get in sure it's like playing to a half house man it was like uh rattled me a little bit man I was like, no no, no you don't say right. it rattled you a little bit like, no. so, uh, let's talk about somebody that was not rattled the panthers came out smoking yeah it was uh so number one the environment was fantastic shout out to all of the panther fans who showed up it was a, uh, a loud crowd. They handed out towels. It was a fun playoff hockey environment. And then it was a great game. I mean, you know, they gave up a goal early, but then were able to come back and tie it and get ahead and put another one on top to give them a little bit of a, a cushion. And they they got after their, the, the, uh, the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. So it was a really, really fun thing and probably the opposite of what happened in the NBA. Well, what was fun was that, you know, there were these two games on last night, 7.30 start for the Heat, 8 o'clock for the Panthers. And I said, wow, I'm going to be jamming back and forth. And by 10 to 8, it was, uh, okay, we don't need to watch the Heat anymore. They decided not to show up. And so uh, Lloyd Gillick back in the house. Yeah, so the Heat put out this post yesterday, 1% better every day. Let's tie this up. So I love the fact that they're using that motto, and that's part of it, right? Like sometimes – you come out, you think you're prepared, you think you do what you need to do, 
and it's just not enough. So you got to regroup, you got to re, you know, recalibrate, regroup, refocus, and then go back, go and get back after it. So good morning to all the huddlers. Let's get some wake up music and let's get into it. Awesome stuff. Uh, Christian had it right. I was like a little rattled. And, you know, my favorite setting <laughs> is taking. What the hell's going on out here? Yeah, that's growing with me, man. What are you doing? I got a great show here. What are you doing? Uh, that's hilarious. That is exactly what it was like. But before we get started with the content, I just want to give a shout out to Jen Olson, who sent me a note yesterday on LinkedIn. And her and I had a back and forth. And, you know, that's not her style is to reach out with a note and she was so appreciative of my response and then my back and forth with her so good morning jen olson appreciate you being here with us every single day i really appreciate the note that you gave us and uh and the feedback that you gave us about the huddle we're glad to have you as a part of the community and keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome stuff yeah man so you got a good show today let's rock yeah, so some more feel-good stuff. So, you know, taking you back in history, on this day in 1986, the country legitimately joined hands. And if this doesn't make you feel good, I don't know what will. Shay, show me the video. For 15 minutes this afternoon, millions linked hands to raise money for America's hungry and homeless. Hands across America formed one human chain spanning 16 states and the District of Columbia. It all began in New York City's Battery Park with a six-year-old homeless girl named Amy Sherwood who lives with her mother in a welfare hotel. The hands reached through the northeast to the nation's capital where the president and Mrs. Reagan took part with White House staffers and their children. And into the Midwest and the West, those who paid $10 to participate urged others to help fill the gaps. In Phoenix, volunteers flagged down motorists to join in. And winding up out on the West Coast, those who were united by the transcontinental line raised their voices in song. So, I mean, unbelievable that... In 1986, you got people all across the country building support. Obviously, in today's pre-internet, right? Like in today's world, you don't have to do it that way physically. You can accomplish those same things by building that kind of momentum on social media. But it's a good reminder that you can organize a bunch of people. You can get everybody working in the same direction. And, you know, there's a lot of drugs being done in 1986. I was going to say, for me, everybody's <laughs> fucking pasted. You know, right? Feels like I'm watching a, uh, a Coca-Cola commercial or something. You know, so like, I didn't know where they were. They pull over. Hey, you know, you know. That is really, really funny. So, so but um, bring that up because it's the 50th anniversary of the Deja Vu album by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And I saw 60 Minutes did a, a thing on them. And 
you know, their second concert live performance was Woodstock. You know, Woodstock, right? right. <laughs> Where do you go after that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, where are you going? Are you going to play the local pub after that? Or? So it's crazy. Fifty years, fifty years ago, those guys were putting music out. So crazy, crazy. Well, 1986 was the year that I was born. So, like, Jake pulling that nugget for, for today wow. to think about, like, wow, that was all right. They're almost if 35 years ago. <laughs> you know, if you really want to take a look at it, 1986 was the year the Mets won the World Series. Yeah. And it happened in September, just after you were born. And people were like, well, what's going on? I go, the Mets won the World Series. They go, didn't you just have a son? It's <laughs> <laughs> really oh, yeah, funny. Oh, yeah, it's really kid. funny because one of the guys that I met last night, uh, his wife is pregnant with their second kid, but he's just he just got promoted within the organization that he works in. So everybody was like, hey, I got big news. And all of his friends were like, you got the promotion. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that also. And we got another baby on the way. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Well, well, let's get going. We are going to uh, we're going to talk about the power of no today. We're going to talk about patience. And to carry us to that topic is our morning motiva- morning motivational music. Let's get to it. Jake would play a Wilson Phillips <laughs> so. music slam dunk. I would have lost my house. <laughs> so it it was really funny. there's no shot because <laughs> we were like bouncing back and forth between you know should we do a song about patience? Should we do a song about waiting? Should we do a song about no, not now? There's all these different options that we were what pulling. Did you? From. you lit up and, the bottle, man. It's lit up. And, yeah, well, come on. You you know that it's a winner. Like, and he said it. He goes, "What about Wilson Phillips?" And it was a real bang moment. Jake, give me bang. Ooh. Pulls up three pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good. Win- so as so soon as he said it, I was like, no brainer. Here's a tidbit that you did not know. The Philip, um, the Wilson, no, the Phillips in that is, well, the Wilson is Brian Wilson's daughter from the Beach Boys. Okay. And the Phillips is Michelle Phillips' daughter from the Mamas and the Papas. How about I that? I love it. Look, so there's your, there's your, so you could have asked that to the huddle and maybe given away some swag, but instead. I'm going to give myself some swag. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the closet and take a shirt. <laughs> yeah, and Kristen Boone says, you know, 100%, we were all singing along. There's, I mean, and you're like feeling oh, it. You, oh, you don't just sing that song, right? We'll take Kristen seriously. She's rooting for the Sixers. They have no yeah. shot. <laughs> oh, you know what? So shout out to the Sixers for a, for one minute. 
Christian Andrigian, CE, a good friend of mine who worked with me at the University of Florida, worked with me at Lafayette, is the director of scouting for the Sixers. And we had an unbelievable, yeah, I'm gonna take a little sidebar and tell a story. We had an unbelievable conversation, a sales conversation about the problem he has in the organization. I said, what's the, I said, what's the hardest part about the job? He goes, I gotta walk in and sell these guys that this is a guy that fits into our organization without, without any kind of concept of what people are looking for or you know what they want on the team. I'm just here looking at the best guys available, whether it be through the draft or free agency, and I have to come in and sell them. And I said, well, you're already losing. I said, instead of doing that, the next meeting that you walk into, say, I'm gonna do, just do an exercise real quick. I'm gonna go around the room I'm going to ask everybody individually what they think this organization needs for us to win and then tell them, never mind, I'm not going to show you this guy because he doesn't fit anything that you guys wanted. Now I'll go find 10 guys that fit those roles that you asked for. And he was like, that would take some major cojones. I said, yeah. I said, but it's going to allow you to do your fucking job the right way. But you know what? It shows that no matter what you do in life, there's some kind of persuasion going on. You need to persuade people, you know, so, you know, how you do that, how you presented all of those steps, which is what we talk about here. One last comment about Wilson Phillips, because I can't get this out of my mind. Watching that video, that could easily be a Saturday, Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It's, it's that 1986 to 1995 decade that really just – stretched out and went off the I rails. Love everybody, <laughs> everybody's great. And, you know, just, awesome. <laughs> so to, to kind of just go back to that, what we're talking about today and the discipline or the power of saying no, you know, uh, James Clear put a great quote out through his newsletter, 321, which if you guys don't subscribe to that, I highly suggest you do. But he talked about no being a credit for the future gives you time. It's a time credit for the future. And yes, is a time debit for the future, right? You owe time to something when you say yes. So managing how you say yes and no to things is critical to how you manage your time and where you're choosing to invest your time. And so I want to talk about the power of no today and really what it means to say no. But before we go there, there's nobody better at saying no than this guy. How about no? I, and I, we gotta have one more. We gotta have one. How about no, Scott? Okay. <laughs> so, he, so that is a line that Jake and I use all so, the time now. So How about no? <laughs> it's so interesting because you went the James Clear route. Um, I go the Warren Buffett route where yep. he says, you know, the greatest entrepreneurs, the greatest business people, the greatest athletes say no all the time. I'm making a, a time management presentation to the True Network tomorrow. There'll be about 300 people that are joining the event. And I'm starting out the conversation with, what was, you know, remember this kind of thing. Somebody walks up to you and you go, Hey, Mark, I need a favor. Can you give me 15 minutes? Right. And you easily no. say, sure, yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Yeah, right they now. Just, they just stole 15 minutes of your day because they created urgency that's not necessarily mm -hmm. urgent. So you could say, 
no, I don't have 15 minutes now. We can look for an opportunity to get 15 minutes. So, you know, the idea of creating priority for your own clock, your own calendar management, you know, Jesse's a master at big calendar and, you know, you find Tony Nugent, you know. Speaking of Jesse Itzler, Shay, do we have the video of Jesse talking about how to create an experience around saying no? Because I'd love to share that right now if we do. He doesn't have that. Okay, so I'm gonna reference the tell me something good that uh, my dad did with Jesse Itzler. If you guys have not seen that, you should absolutely should go to the Noodleberg YouTube channel, find that episode, because he talks about saying no and still creating an experience around it. You get invited to a dinner, you get invited to an event, you get invited somewhere where you can't go, it's just not the right time investment for you that doesn't mean it has to be a letdown for everybody. He challenges you to send a bottle of wine to the table. He says, send a box of chocolates to the meeting. Send something that shows up in your place, creates an experience around the no that you delivered, and you still look like a hero. And you might actually end up winning more by saying no than being there in person. Well, the power of not being there is greater sometimes than being there and spending four or five hours and you just don't have that to give up in one quick swoop, boom, you're, you know, uh, so, so, you know, Jesse's particularly good at managing his calendar and doing stuff like that, but saying no to everything, you know, uh, opportunities that, you know, someone says, you know, ah, I don't know why I keep doing that. Stop doing it. And a lot of times it because it's a part of your routine and you don't even pay attention to your routine. So you have habits that are just happening naturally. Like how often do you just open your phone just to open it? How many times a day do you just look at it and click it? It, was, it didn't buzz. It didn't do anything. It's just a habit. But that stole three to five seconds from you in that moment. So you have to think about it consciously and change your routine so that the behaviors match the things you're trying to accomplish. And like you said, no is not always no. No could just be not right now. Not right? We talk about right. no is we, not now, right? Exactly. You, we talk about that in sales. Is somebody says no, you know, is it really a no? Like, is does this not fit? Where we way off in our conversation about how we could help each other, or is this? Oh, you know what? This isn't right now. Let's come back and revisit this in the next quarter, in the next month, somewhere around there. So I ask salespeople this all the time. I go, if you're driving down the road, and obviously this was pre-pandemic, but it's coming back. You're driving down the road and you get a service call or a customer, a client emergency. What do you do? 95% of them say, I pull off the road and I handle it right then and there. And like, so you just totally derailed your day because it's like a... The train car isn't going to come sure. off the track, number you one. Had, you had that time scheduled somewhere, whether it be for the drive and, or for a car or whatever. And psychologically, you've just derailed your brain because you can't rev the engines coming out from a dumpster fire. So now if you train people to say, hey, listen, I will get back to you, your, your voicemail message could say, hey, thanks for reaching out. If it's a service problem, I return all of my service calls at 4 o'clock every day. You pre-scheduled it. They just want to be heard unless it's an emergency. And then, you know, tell me what the problem is and what you want the solution to be. Oh. Text, 
text me 911 with whatever the problem is and what you think the solution should be. And that's great for leaders. And so that gets us to focus. That really takes the conversation to saying no allows you to focus differently. I want to show this video of Steve Jobs talking about no and focusing. And so we had to decide what are the fundamental directions we're going in and what makes sense and what doesn't. And there were a bunch of things that didn't. And microcosmically, they might have made sense. Macrocosmically, they made no sense. And, you know, the hardest thing is you, when you think about focusing, right, you think, well, focusing is, is saying yes, no. Focusing is about saying no. Focusing is about saying no. And you've got to say no, no, no. And when you say no, you piss off people. And they go talk to the San Jose Mercury and they write a shitty article about you. You know? And it's really a pisser. Because you, you want to be nice. You don't want to tell the San Jose Mercury the person that's telling you this, you know, just was asked to leave or this or that or this or that. So you take the lumps. And Apple's been taking their share of lumps for the last six months. So he makes a great point there about you don't want to be a dick, so you don't want to say no, right? Like you're like afraid of the way the other person you're afraid of that other person's disappointment by telling them no. But Teresa, you know, the Sly Fox makes a great comment there. It says, it's great to hear from you. Let me get back to you when I can give you the time and attention you deserve. When you craft it in a way that is, I can't deal with what you, what, what's important to you right now, but here's when I can. And I promise to you that I will get to it in that window. You said expectation, all people want is to be heard, understood, and helped. So as long as that person feels heard, feels understood, and there's an expectation for when their problem will be dealt with, it's the best. Like we had a problem with Amazon delivery yesterday, right? We got told that we were gonna get our groceries delivered between 11 and one. Three o'clock shows up, still not here. Five o'clock shows up, still not here. So now we have to go through this back and forth with customer service. And it was very bad because they couldn't give us an answer. I can't do this. I can't do that. Just tell me what you can do. Tell me that you'll cancel the order and you'll deal with it tomorrow. I don't care about what you can't do. Tell me what you can and when you can. I think this, uh, we call it P squared, which is people pleasers. You're just not going to be able to please everybody all the time anyway. So if you understand going into the game, Decide how you want to function, build your own process. My process always was I'm doing service calls at the end of the day. Yeah. I will get to it. And all you need to know is that I'm returning you, I, I'm getting your message and I'm returning it at four o'clock. You can rest assured that to whoever said here, Paul, I think, keep my promise. If I yeah. don't call you at four, you got a reason to jump up and down like crazy. But when yep. I call you, hey, Let's see what we need to do. Unless it was urgent. Listen, if the house is on fire, you need to tell me I got an urgent problem. But when we train this stuff, your ability to look at an instance and say, where does it fall into my grid? You know, yep. really, really is a determining factor. The same way air traffic controllers are looking at stuff all day long and saying, all right, this is inbound. This is uh, this can wait. This is happening. This plane has a prop, you know, so it, it really is being the air traffic controller of your own life. And it's just about setting boundaries because once you set the boundaries for people, then they know where they can operate within and they know how to reach it. And that's, 
you know, with all of the ways that people can get access to you, you have to be the one that determines how people use that access, when they use that access and where they use that access. So the power of no is so important. So I know that there's one more video that's a game changer. I love Eric Thomas. We going to do it or no? I was going to I was going to bail on it, but we can show it if you want. All right, let's show it. It's really good. Okay. I have a ritual where even if you're my closest friend, I have boundaries. Mm. So just because it's my company, it doesn't mean I can take calls all day. Right. I have boundaries. So you can't call me at a certain time. Why? I'm working. So if I'm on the phone all day, just be, and, and I'm saying this to entrepreneurs, because one of the gaps, and we'll, we'll talk about this later in the show, but you got to find the gaps. And one of the gaps with entrepreneurs is that they feel like because they own their day, they can spend it like they want to. You cannot spend it like you want to. You, so if you were working for IBM or you're working for Ford, whoever you're working for, you couldn't be on the phone all day at a major corporation talking on the phone. So so why do you allow yourself to talk on the phone when it's your business? Matter Setting boundaries and deciding where your time goes. Like if if you are an entrepreneur, you have to be great about deciding where your time goes. Otherwise, it gets taken in every direction that you don't allow it to. Go ahead. I have a real-time story with a client that happened on Friday that is good for this. And I know we're play overtime, but I really want to tell the story. It's worth okay. listening to. You want to hit me with overtime? And we'll go to overtime. This is a guy that had a real problem with deadlines. The organization said, can you work with him? I worked with him very, very closely, one-on-one, -on -one, and he got the program. It was starting to really go well. And he texted me and said, I got a problem. Can you spare 10 minutes because it's urgent? Okay. I said, I can do it in 30 minutes. Boom. 30 minutes. I reach out to him. I said, what's up? And he goes, I have, I'm in the middle of working on something. I have deadlines, but my wife just got a call from the doctor that she has a problem with her thyroid that might be cancer. She wants all of his attention at that point. He's torn. How do I do? What do I do? And I said, this is what life is. Life is going to throw you shit balls all day long. You know, I said, you could go to her and say, hey, listen, I understand and I am here for you, but I can't be physically here with you for another hour until I finish that stuff. Because the worst case scenario is I get fired if I don't do this stuff. I'll be there. And in an, there's nothing I can do that's going to change in an hour for you, except knowing that I'm here for you. I sure. hear you, I feel for you, I'm praying for you. And he did it and called me back and he said, dude, you are a, a game Because <laughs> he didn't have the balls to do that. He was like, I wanna be there for my wife. I wanna, you wanna sure. do everything. You can do everything if you communicate properly. So really- And it can, go, it can go the other way, right? Like you can go back to the business and say, hey, I know we have a deadline on this thing. Is it really a hard deadline? Because I just got this call. I'd really like to go spend that time there. Is it possible for us to move that? No, it's not. Great. I got to go back to my wife and say, baby, I can't move the deadline. I got to do this thing. And then I'm going to be there. It goes both ways. It's so just smart. about communication. He had used up all of his chits. So right. He, he had nothing <laughs> left. He burned them out because he missed so many deadlines. He right. couldn't go back. 
And his wife needed to be empathetic about that because right. that'd be a real shit storm if he lost his job. So exactly. This, this is the stuff that happens every day. It's fantastic. What a great, um, subject. great conversation, great conversation. Go Panthers Wednesday night. Let's get down to business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business.